0: Good morning. Several years ago, we had a vision to take upward beyond Salem. And Steve and Mindy Everett had come off the mission field. And I talked to Pastor Tim about this idea of taking a short-term sports ministry trip. And so he connected me with Steve Everett. And Steve had this great idea of this missionary that was serving down in Brazil. And Dave and Sarah Carroll have been serving as ABWE. Missionaries since 2014. No, 2014 is how long they've been in Arco Verge since 2008. And we went, we took our first team down there in 2018, went down again in 2019, and we're going to go again this July. And Dave and Sarah have two wonderful daughters Evelyn, who just finished seventh grade and anna claire who just finished fourth grade and they are back in tennessee right now. well technically they're in georgia right now right. but uh they have uh, been on furlough for the past year uh serving in the Ch- greater chattanooga area so would you join me in with a great bethany welcome dave carroll right.
1: thank you very much it is great to be here. Great to see the church. Uh, Jason came, uh, brought me here yesterday, and I was like, oh, okay. I've, I like I liked the board back there with uh, just the church structure. And uh, so the more I, I find, find out about you, you all, the more interested I am uh, in learning more. And uh, until the skit, of course. But... Um, <laughs> All right, so uh, we, love, we love being in Brazil. We go back Wednesday, Lord willing, uh, uh, back, back to Brazil. We're so excited to get back uh, to the ministries we have there. And so I, I'm excited to preach this morning. I'm going to r- kind of rush through our ministry stuff. If you want to know more, you can ask Jason, or you can follow us more. But uh, So we've been in Arco Verde since 2014, uh, church planning, and uh, we started from scratch there and had uh, groups like you all come down, do Upward down there, and different activities to try to gather uh, people together. And uh, we've done that, uh, we've, our, our secret weapon was brought to you by Roy and Merrill, is our playground down there, an American playground. And, uh, the secret weapon is that the kids drag their parents to church because they want to play on the playground. <laughs> and it has been so successful that in our second church plant, we copied it. Uh, so I uh, I took pictures of Roy and Merrill's handiwork, all the joints, uh, everything to to uh, make sure that uh, I could build something that doesn't fall apart and we get sued or something like that. So uh, it's it's worked out so far. Uh, but we had this building since 2018 and, uh, it was f- at first we used the first floor and then we finished the second floor, uh, which is for the kids ministry, education ministry. It's just a beautiful, uh, property, beautiful building, um, beautiful people there. And uh, God has, uh, raised up people there, uh, to serve. Um, and we are really excited to get back. Uh, this is m- one of my wife's d- uh, discipleship groups, community groups. Uh, we like to work with that uh, there. And uh, this is a map of the area. And, yeah, you can see it pretty well. Uh, so the, the top, does this have a laser here? It does. The red button. That's the, the the other red button it says danger. <sighs> okay, so see the laser right there? It's right where I'm pointing it. Okay, so the top the top bold print says Base Church Arcuvergi. That's that's the main uh, the the main church plant. We look at it as a, a hub church. Uh, to where we can uh, train people there. It's it's also a training center as well as a church. So our goal is to train people there and send people out. Sound familiar? Uh, send people out of the church, plant other other churches as well. And so, uh, we, our first church plant out of this church plant was an accidental church plant uh, in uh, the city of Tupanatinga. It's on, it's down here. Um, the lower bold print. Uh, and we have a couple of other areas that we've worked with that could be future church plants. So really there's a lot to do there uh, and we're excited to be able to do it. This this is the uh, church plant in Tupanatinga. Uh, last July, we inaugurated the building and then we left for furlough that month. We had literally four services and then kind of left them hanging there too. <laughs> Uh, It really wasn't in the plans. It was supposed to be done in December, uh, but uh, pray for the church in Tupanatinga, and the group will be able to visit uh, that church this summer, and we're excited about that, Uh, being able to gather more people, uh, do a youth event there do a youth event in Arc Vergy, uh do some Upward, do some English conversation, uh, all with the point of, of making disciples and making contacts and, and encouraging us. And we are really appreciate uh, your investment as a church uh, to sending teams down to help us. And uh, we're really excited uh, about what's gonna happen there. Uh, just another picture of uh, my lovely family to make me look better than I am. And uh, and we're going to talk about the church this morning. Uh, the church as an as an organization. Um, what what type of organization is a church? It, it, when you think about a church, like I, I have a couple different examples. Is it a, a social club uh, where you just you meet you meet people, you make contacts, like like business? You know, maybe you're in insurance insurance agent where's the biggest church where i can get the most contacts so i can have bigger clientele right that's what a social club is kind of so is is that the point of the of the church um i didn't put this in but it could be like a, a bad theater club um <laughs> just sent another possibility actually it was really good oh it was it wasn't bad um but he said I could mock him. So, all right. Is the church a, a mechanic? Like, hey, when I'm broken, I go in, I get fixed, and then I, I go out, and when I'm broken, I'll go back again. I don't know if that happens in the culture here, but that's, that happens in Brazil. Like, you don't see them for six months. All of a sudden, they're back. Like, yeah, I, got, I need God working in my life, and, you know, I need the blessing of the pastor, and, you know, things are going well. Well. I'm good now. Good to go and go out for a while. Uh, not a problem here. You don't have to answer that. Where's, the, where's, where's Pastor Tim? I'll ask him. Um, <laughs> okay. A hospital uh, where you come and the, the doctor fixes you up. Uh, and the doctor's not the pastors or, sh- or the shepherds, right? The doctor's Jesus because the pastors and shepherds need fixing up as well. Right? I think... Most similar to that. But just some ideas to think about the church and, and how we view the church. Uh, this morning, we're going to be in Acts chapter 14 um, and verses 21 through 28. Uh, but what the church is, what the word is, um, it is ecclesia. It means called out of the world to God, an assembly. So we're called out of the world to be different. Uh, Jonathan Lehman, who's an editor for Nine Marks, uh, he has this quote. He says, a local church is a group of Christians who regularly gather in Christ's name to officially affirm and oversee one another's membership in Jesus Christ and his kingdom through gospel preaching and gospel ordinances. That's pretty interesting. Oversee each other? Like, do you guys kind of oversee each other like metal in people's lives is that is that is there some um what's the word is that what it's saying here kind of looking for a response yeah or no yeah is it kind of like do we do that in the church um and that's really interesting we'll kind of look at that um so the skit talked about the glory of God, uh, and I was, I, I was thinking about talking about that a little bit this morning. The glory of God, is, is it worth, is the glory of God, uh, what's that worth? Like, is that important? Is the glory of God important in our lives? Um, and, and if it is important, what are the practical implications of that importance to our lives? Uh, What should it change about our lives? So we're gonna look at a a passage this morning, Acts 14. That's a church planning passage. It's Paul uh, in his travels, um, Paul and Barnabas. And it's kind of just summarizing what they did in church planning. So throughout that, I'm gonna kind of talk about what we do in Brazil, but I want you to also apply it to the church here. And what happens in the church and your involvement and i want you to ask yourself uh, this question is the glory of god important enough for me to make more effort in these areas Uh, for me to be more proactive Uh, they kind of talked about that in the skit as if we have choices yes god is sovereign he is acting in our lives but we also have choices to be more proactive in our Christian walk, uh, more proactive in the church. And those are decisions that we make, daily decisions that we make. All right, so let's look at uh, Acts 14, verses 21 through 28. Uh, it's going to be on the screen, and I'm going to be reading. I think I'm, I'm actually reading in a different version than what's on the screen, but it's pretty similar. All right. Uh, So verse 21, when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in... Every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia, and when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went to Adaliah, and from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they remain no little time with the disciples. All right, so we see kind of the summary here of what Paul and Barnabas were doing. This was right after a town where they had been persecuted. Uh, I think Paul had been stoned at Lystra. They come to another town, um, and uh, he starts out saying that they they preach the gospel. Okay, I had that in the wrong order. All right, pre- preach the word. So the first, first point here is they preach the word. They preach the gospel. Uh, it's great to hear that the gospel is, is preached here, that you do expositional preaching, going through books of the Bible, praise the Lord. That, that is great. And, you know, as, as the church does that, we grow. Uh, we all grow together. Uh, Peter in Acts, we see that Peter preached in Acts, preached the gospel. Acts 2, 3, 4, 7, Philip preached in, in 8, Paul after that. Um, but preach simply means to proclaim, proclaim the gospel. So uh, the pastor does that, right? The, the shepherds do that. You have a lot of preachers in this church. Does that mean that you all who may not ever be up here in the pulpit can't preach? No, preach means to proclaim. Uh, we we pr- proclaim the gospel. And you know, if the gospel is active in, in your life, uh, if God is, is working through the gospel in your life, transforming you, you have a story to tell. And no one can take away that story from you. No one can say, no, that's not true, because it's your story, right? Yeah. Okay you guys' response are so... I mean, I, I don't expect... You don't have to do a. He just a little nod, like, you know, like, I'm connecting. That'd be great. You guys are great. Okay. Uh, so no one can take that story from you. Uh, so first off on that, how is the gospel active in, in your life today? Actually, this year on furlough, I, I wrote a book. Uh, I wasn't expecting to, but I came across, like... Some some great stuff I wanted friends and family to hear. I knew my friends and family would read it if I, I wrote it. So talking about how the gospel is is not just for salvation. So I think in the church today, and I don't know the Northwestern context a ton, uh, or even Bethany uh, Bethany's culture as much. But uh, when I think the gospel is often seen as for salvation, and And it is for salvation, okay. Uh, It's for salvation, and then it's for the missionaries. So we're going to say, missionaries, you go preach the gospel. Pastor, you're going to preach the gospel, make sure people in the congregation are saved. But we don't look at the gospel as for our our daily lives, like making a difference today, like making a difference for when I'm going to yell at these punk teen boys for doing their punk things, right? Right, Yogi? (laughs) That happened? Okay. All right. Um the the gospel has power to transform our our lives. So I'm having issues with my kids. I'm having issues in my marriage, which if you're married, you have issues in your marriage. Amen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everyone's sitting by their spouse. They don't want to say anything, right? Okay. Um, Right? How does the gospel change your relationship with your spouse? Does the gospel have answers to that? Yeah, yeah, you're the man. All right. Um, yeah, it does. And as we let the gospel transform our lives, it gives us a story to tell. You know, it's interesting. I'm a I'm a I'm a missionary, and the last year just reading on. There's, there's a book, Gospel, by J.D. Greer, uh, um, A Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent, uh, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortlund, uh, Prodigal God by Tim Keller, uh, were books that I read earlier last year that really talked to me about preaching the gospel to yourself daily. Is that a term used in this church, preaching the gospel to yourself daily? Oh, praise the Lord. Then this is old news. I can move on. But basically, uh, that act each morning, uh, and I use music to help uh, uh, put on goodness of God, put on my Jesus, put on uh, Lord, I need you, and just thinking daily how much I need God, not just for salvation to get into heaven, but salvation uh, from myself, (laughs) from my bad reactions (laughs) that very easily come out. And as we allow the gospel to transform our lives, it gives us the story to tell, that we can't help but proclaim. And, you know, I'm a missionary sent to proclaim, but this past year I've really wanted to proclaim more because I see what a difference, you know, it it can make in in the peace that it brings, the patience, the kindness. I can be a kind person. That's like... I guess you don't know me too well but that's a possibility i can have compassion i can forgive like that because of the what the gospel has done in my life and that is amazing that's that's real answers for real life the gospel is real answers for real life and if if we meditate if we're proactive about the gospel being real for us daily then it gives us that story, and we can proclaim. We can tell others. Let me tell you about the peace. Oh, you slept on the couch last night? Let, let me tell you about God's grace, you know? Oh, your, your kids are giving you issues? Let me tell you about, about what God, God can do in your life. Um, okay, so I didn't even say the verse for that. Okay, but you, you saw, they preached the gospel to that city, um, pray for Tupanatinga. Uh, pray for Vergi that we would raise up people uh, that, that are proclaiming the gospel. Also that we would raise up uh, leaders that, that are actually preaching in, in the churches. Uh, we're going back and I have a challenge to pastor two churches. Uh, I have a coworker that's retiring uh, in a month. And so we'll have... Um, two churches to take care of that have services at the same time, Sunday nights. And uh, so we need more, more people to preach, and we have some, uh, but we need more, and we need those preachers to be more qualified, so pray for us uh, in, in that aspect. Um, the second point here is that they made disciples. Uh, so you look in verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and uh, exhorting them to continue in the faith and and that they would go through tribulation all right so we need to make disciples and that's kind of the goal that we have actually that's our approach to church planning as we go out uh is we've been in Pesquera and what we did we went and did a bible study to make disciples there we didn't go necessarily to plan a church this is a, another church plant that hasn't happened cuz it might not be a church plant but the idea is Go, go and make disciples. And when I think of disciple making, I think of uh, good soil scale. And so I, Stephen Mendy and I did this training for the second time, was it, in Porto Alegre together? Uh, 2009, right? Back in the day, a few years ago. Uh, so good soil scale, can't see it too great. We're going to zoom in on it. But this basically is a scale negative 12 to 12. Right in the middle there is conversion. And it basically says that everyone is somewhere on this scale. And so whether it's an unbeliever, someone who, who hates God or doesn't believe in God, uh, which we start out that way, No, you're born, you don't believe in God necessarily. You may be born into a Christian family and hear about him very quick or nine months before you're born. Uh, but uh, In theory, okay, start out empty and then learn about God, learn about Jesus, uh, learn about what he did on the cross, then there's repentance and faith that happens at conversion, and then there's growth, right? So, when I think of, of, yeah, let me go here. So, here's the uh, positive aspect, the growth, like assurance of salvation, Bible reading, uh, being active in the church, uh, all that going towards spiritual maturity, uh, and the other side would be the negative side is um, just that that you grow. You're aware of a higher power, and then you're like, "Oh, there's a guy named Jesus. He's interesting." And then, "Oh, Jesus does something for me." Uh, until eventually, you understand your need for salvation. So I think of this scale. Uh, hey, there it is. It's the green button. Green button. All right. Um, So I think of this scale in just, I'm going to play with this. All right. All right. So disciple making is doing this, just pushing everyone up. Okay. So when the team comes this summer, my mentality is how can I edify them? Edify means like to build up, right? So I think of the scale. How can I push them up the scale a little bit? But they're already disciples yeah it's still disciple making it 's still helping them grow uh, they 're not saved. I want to push them up they they hate Christians your your role in that might not be to go preach and like tell them they 're going to hell and you know like just be abrasive is that the right word just um it may not be that role. It may be loving them, caring for them, and letting them show that Christians are, have good hearts or, or something. Um, but it, that's part of disciple-making as, as well. I think disciple-making, we think, oh, it's just we got to get that person saved. But it's so much more. It's getting them to the point where they want to receive Christ and then growing them in the church. It's not, you know, they're born and you have a baby here and you're like, good luck and throwing them in the yard, you know, to fend for themselves. Um, no, it's, it's growing them as well, maturing them uh, in their faith. And so that's what I think of with disciple making. So when I think of disciple making, I think about everyone here. How can I in- encourage them? Everyone that's around me. I think of my family. Uh, I think of my friends, extended family. Uh, how can I encourage them in, in their spiritual walk, whether it's you know, below the zero on the scale or, or above the zero? And so uh, we can make efforts in that with the people around us. Uh, all right, next point here uh, is they encourage them to continue in the faith. Uh, so strengthen the disciples. How can, okay, the verse here. Uh, verse, which was 22 as well, confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, faith. so encouraging them. Uh, We need encouragement. Our our church, uh, here's a family, Shiku and Bia in Tupanatinga. Uh, Shiku, he took over as preaching, uh, preaching when we left in Tupanatinga, and we got a call a month later, and the people were like, Shiku can't preach. <laughs> like, he was right there. They're like, yeah, this isn't God's gifting in his life. <laughs> like, they didn't spiritualize it that much either. It's just like, this isn't working. What can we what can we do here? And, like, yeah. and Shiku's like, yeah, they're right. I'm just not, this is not my thing. <laughs> and the ringleader was his wife saying all that. Um, so, it's encouraging them, right? I'm like, you guys are wrong. Like, he just started out. How good is he going to be? Come on, give the guy a chance. He's going to improve. Shiku, study more. Uh, guys, give him some tips on what he's doing and, and help him out. Let's be encouraging here, all right? Uh, so that's, you know, that's an example of encouraging. But how, how can the church be stronger? You know, you guys are in an exciting year, of doing a church plant. It's rare for churches to do this, I think. I don't know if it's common here, but uh, in the churches that I see, for a church to uh, do a plant off that, praise the Lord, glory to God. Uh, but y'all are gonna have to step up. You realize that? Like, a few people are, are going with y'all, right, like 30 or 40, is that right? Or, or less, or more? Are going, uh, the reality of that is, more people are going to have to step up. Uh, Are the people there in the church? Are y'all here that can step up and do that? Oh, I'm I'm there's a lot of people here. I'm guessing yes, totally. But you have to actually do it, Um, and and it takes everyone. Uh, doing more, how can the church be stronger? How can we encourage each other uh, the The idea there the strengthening is steroids. How can we be on steroids right? You guys understand right um, How can I be more faithful how can uh, what what gaps need to be there um, you know do, Do you need to be an assistant Sunday school teacher to eventually, to be trained, to eventually be a Sunday school teacher? Um, Yeah, more on that in a second. Uh, Ordained elders, okay? Um, Plurality of leadership. I don't need to talk too much about that in this church. Praise the Lord. I took a picture because we, pray for us because we're going back and there's this, this, the, the, um, culture you have here, uh, apparently, I guess as much as I can tell, right? having pastors, having shepherds, having deacons, deaconesses, um, that would be countercultural where we're at. But that's where we want to, where I would like to lead the churches. And it's countercultural. So pray as we go back that people would, would rate, uh, rise up, um, that would lead more that uh, we would have qualified people to shepherd because I'm not sure we have any. And my wife's like, are you qualified? Um, like, w- we, we need to go through all that process. And that's, I mean, that's taken you all years, correct? To go through that. And, and so pray for us in Brazil as we, as we go through that. And what I've already challenged uh, the men in the church is, uh, or, or a small group at this point, but I, I think actually the whole church as well, uh, looking at the characteristics of, of elders and deacons, I've said there's no reason that anyone in the church should not strive to be qualified to be a deacon or an elder. There's no reason. Uh, yeah, maybe it's going to take time, but uh, maybe it'll take 5, 10 years for you, uh, to develop some character traits uh, or develop in certain areas, but shoot for that. And maybe you don't want to be an elder or deacon. That's fine. But the character qualifications, like there's no reason everyone in the church shouldn't have that as a goal. Uh, so if you want to look for, look at that, that's First Timothy 3, Titus 1, um, some in Ephesians as well. Uh, to just look at those qualifications. Am I, basically the main thing is having a good reputation. Like how's, how's your reputation? Um, and, and as your reputation goes, so goes the rep- reputation of the church as well, as people know that you're part of the church. And so as a group, um, work on that. Uh, this is just some of the leaders that we've had uh, in our church. And just pr- thanks for your prayers on that. Um, and the ending of this uh, is that they went on furlough. <laughs> they, they went, they gathered the church together. They declared all that God had done, uh, declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. And you know, that's that's what we're doing this year. Uh, we're finishing up. So excited to be finishing it up. Um, but we we appreciate your prayers for that. And, oh, Jason, I have prayer cards in there. I forgot to... If I can put them in the back somewhere. They're in my backpack. I'll get them. Um, just to finish up, just a few few practical tips. I'm a pastor, so I can kind of say what I would like my people to do uh, in the church. First of all, be faithful, be dependable. Uh, I heard from multiple pastors that during, from, uh, with COVID, people that were attending four weeks a, a month started attending twice a month. People that were twice a month, once a month. Basically split the time in half. Uh, and I know that in... The US, it's very easy to have an excuse not to go to church, uh, but be faithful, be dependable. Uh, we, for, our, for our nursery and kids' workers, and I've heard in the States it's the same with volunteers, it's just hard. And then we always have like a Sunday afternoon call, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. So you scramble for workers and stuff. Be faithful, be dependable, that will, will help the leadership. Uh, Be responsible for your personal gospel growth. Uh, The pastor can't accompany you one-on-one telling you exactly what you need to do for everything. He may with with some, but we have so many uh, resources at our fingertips for for growth. Um, Ashley was talking about uh, Bible project videos like you can just go deep in that and learn so much, right? Uh, and there's so many good books. There's a book right there. That is just an excellent book. That's my book. <laughs> no, but there's there's so many good books that, that you can lead and grow. But but we're not readers, Right. It, it, I go through phases like this year, I'd read great because I wasn't, a pa- I wasn't being <laughs> pastoring as much. So I had a lot more time, but it's easy not to have time to read, right? But if we prioritize it, it's easy to find time, right? To read a, a chapter you know, every other day or something, uh, but prioritize your, your gospel growth. Do you have an area you can grow in? Anyone here? Nelson, can you grow? Are you, like, saint level already? No? You I didn't think so. Um, <laughs> all right. We, we all have areas. And, like, look at, look at that area. Now, Don is. Don's saint level. I, I noticed the difference between Don and Nelson. Yes, sir. i just joke. Okay. Right. So we all have areas we can grow in. And there's so many resources. Research that. Pastor, I'm not a patient person. What's a good book? What are some good verses for me that can help me with my patience? Do you think he can help you? I I hope he can help you, right? And you have shepherds here that can help you with that. Be proactive about that. You believe God can save you from your sins? You don't have to be an annoying person, you know? (laughs) Like, you don't have to be that guy. Don't be that guy. Like, see that area, ask people. My, my wife got on a kick lately, so she says, ask this question, what is it like to be my wife? Yeah, so she asked me that, I uh-uh, no, I am not answering that one, <laughs> right? You guys didn't laugh, that was funny. Like, <laughs> you, you don't tell your wife what's wrong with her, unless she's humble enough to ask that. Um, and she, my wife is, she had an okay response when I told her. I wrote some things down for her. but That was very humble. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm not gonna ask you. <laughs> Eventually I did. And she's like, I don't wanna write it down. I'll tell you sometime. But anyway, all that to say that there's ways you can find out where your areas of deficiency, where you can grow and be proactive about that. All right. I talk too much about that. All right. Uh, seek to serve in the church. Uh, there's areas. Uh, Casey, Pastor Casey, are there areas in the church that need volunteers? Yes. Okay. Uh, if you're not plugged in, do that. Um, be selfless. Encourage others to grow. Uh, invite people to church. You guys uh, talked about that. The The Bible school, vacation Bible school, school, and there's always times to uh, invite people to church. Uh, so the, the, just a few tips, and here's that, that initial slide. A local church is a group of Christians who regularly gather in Christ's name to officially affirm and oversee one another's membership in Jesus Christ and his kingdom through gospel preaching and gospel ordinances. I think you all have a great setup here for, for gospel growth in your church. And I, I pray that you continue to grow here. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace in my life and the life of this church. Thank you for the leadership here. Thank you for the church structure. Just what an encouragement to me to see that. And I pray that uh, the church would take advantage of that, uh, that they would continue to grow in your grace that they would love others, uh, that they would be selfless, uh, that they would be faithful here, that they would uh, in- encourage each other uh, in-, in their walk with God. Uh, God, thank we, we praise you uh, for your goodness in our lives. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Let's stand together. In a few minutes after our cur- after this next song, we'll have an opportunity to pass the offering plates and the opportunity to give.